Hey everyone, you're listening to Abhilash Clown Conscious Citizens. At this podcast, I talk about climate change, its impact on mankind, solutions that will define our fate, and technological innovations that can help. The episode begins. I have been concerned with climate change since quite some time now, and I realize that for a lot of people, it's hard to consider climate change as a big problem. Let's understand why it has become of a paramount importance to know and learn about climate crisis. When disaster strikes, it's our human nature to worry only about meeting our most immediate needs, especially when the disaster is as bad as COVID-19. But the fact is, these dramatically higher temperatures may seem far off in the future, but it does not make it any less of a problem today. And while we do not get daily updates on the death stats caused by climate change, as we do with COVID-19 today, climate change is much deadlier than the virus. And the only way to avoid the worst possible climate outcomes is to accelerate our efforts. These lockdowns and social distancing caused by uh, COVID-19 is giving humanity a taste of the disruption of daily life that will be caused by climate change in future. And it is important to believe that climate change is happening right before our eyes. See, Bangladesh is underwater and Arctic is burning on daily basis. California's devastating wildfire uh, continue to spread. We have no more time to wait, but we do have the power to change its course. And we have seen that when people are sufficiently motivated, Right, We had suspended businesses to help each other. All over the world, healthy people started changing their lifestyles to protect the more vulnerable people in their communities. And similarly, the dedication for climate change can actually help us transform our energy consumption on immediate basis. What all of us need to make is to play our roles to find the solution. If I remember correctly from, uh, you know, one of the last year's statistics, uh, it shows that the lockdown across the world has resulted in a reduction of around 8% of carbon emissions. But that still means that we are uh, releasing around 47 billion of uh, tons of carbon instead of 51 billion. And I agree that it definitely adds to a meaningful reduction. But think about what it is taking to achieve this 8% fall. More than 4 million people have died and millions of people are jobless, traffic went on silence, businesses virtually came to a halt. And I don't think it should be a situation that anyone would ever want for the reduction of carbon emissions. And even though we lost so much, we are still emitting 92% carbon as we were doing before. So basically this reduction has been achieved at the greatest possible cost for mankind. And what we need to understand is that the loss of life and the economic misery caused by this pandemic will happen regularly if we do not take climate change as a serious problem today. So let's also dive into uh, understanding some number perspectives and let's see how the impact of COVID-19 will measure with climate change. As per Bill Gates, on-date casualties per 100,000 people is 14 from COVID-19. I'm quoting this from a couple of months back uh, stats that he has given. Now, let's see how that compares with climate change. As per environment experts, the climate change crisis may can happen 40 years from now. That is, 
by 2060. And global temperature are projected to raise at global mortality rates by same amount. That is 14 deaths per 100,000 people. So 14 people are dying out of 100,000 people because of COVID-19. And when you look at how many people will die from climate change, it is also going to be around 14 deaths per 100,000 people. But looking at the current perspectives, by the end of the century, if emissions grow and stays as it is, the climate change could be responsible for 73 extra deaths per 100,000 people. And that's more than five times deadlier than the novel coronavirus. Now think about it. This global warming of three degrees Celsius or four degree above pre-industrial levels that everybody is speaking about uh, could easily lead to a series of catastrophic outcomes. It could severely affect our ability to produce food by decreasing the fertility of soils, uh, intensify uh, droughts. It can cause overwhelming abundance of people at coastal places. And it can also increase in the loss of pollinators. So COVID-19 is killing people now. And it's the same thing happening because of climate change. Because our health and immunity entirely depends on the climate and the organisms we share this planet with. But the scales of actions to combat both of these issues are very different. And the question is why? I understand that infectious diseases are scary because they are immediate and personal. They radically and rapidly change how we lead our lives. And, and they are an immediate threat to our families and friends. It's, it's very easy to think that I did not cause this or, or that it does not directly affect me. But there's another way to look at it. Like consider COVID-19. You can take actions right now to improve your health and the health of your friends and family. Similarly, the actions we need to combat climate change are the same actions we need to make people healthier right now. Especially for diseases causing huge burdens on our health, like obesity, uh, heart disease and cancer. What we need to ensure that the solutions are foolproofed, right? And uh, the major people who are getting affected by this are poor people. Uh, we have already witnessed that COVID-19 has impacted the poor countries to the most and the same goes for climate change as well. It will hurt the poorest people in the world to the greatest extent. In other words, the effect of climate change will almost certainly be harsher than covid 19 and it will be worse for the people who did the least to cause them. So let's put it into a perspective. Would not it be great if wealthy nations collaborate with resource-rich uh, so-called poor nations in an inclusive global economic program? Like sustainable production of crops and minerals in the global south could help fuel the rich world's low carbon transition. And instead of unsustainable industrial expansion, the post-pandemic economy could be steered in a way that protects people and the planet from the kind of ecological destruction uh, which are producing these new diseases and the climate disaster, which, which is threatening all of us. We really need to recognize that, you know, there are a lot of people and these industries who are profiting from an unjust status quo. They will interrupt the social transformation that this crisis and climate crisis would, would require. And without an action, pandemics of future could, could begin to happen more often. 
already new infectious diseases are emerging in humans approximately every 8 months and this ongoing occurrence of diseases have made us realize that we have a poor health system and the cities that are most at risk of being the next epicenter of a pandemic are unfortunately connected globally through airports hence the widespread is way lot easier to happen another risk factor which is preeminent are with the areas where there is a maximum number of wildlife disappearances uh, we all can easily make out that in those areas there is more consumption of animals by humans making it again very easy to spread so all of the worst infectious viruses that have emerged in the recent decades including hiv or sars or ebola all of them are zoonotic they spread from animals to humans as we can't see a virus until it causes a fever we can't see the effect of climate change until it causes extreme weather events it's human nature to ignore both issues if it is not in our sight it is out of our mind as well but of course this challenge posed by corona virus and eventually this climate change are of different nature covid-19 is health related rather than environmental covid-19 is potentially acute and relatively short term whereas uh, this climate change is chronic and long term and you can clearly understand that how important this distinction is also the point is not to harm the economy in order to cut our carbon emissions what we have to do is to find a way to do both to preserve a healthy and prosperous economy with opportunity for everybody while we cut these carbon emissions because in order to continue producing and being able to declare that our economy is growing we we are just simply harvesting the natural resources of the planet like water fuels timber land ore etc all of that and and we're plugging them into an industrial cycle which puts out various consumables and a lot of waste because as usual businesses are digging up fossil fuels today cutting down forests and sacrificing the planet's health for profit it is actually driving catastrophic climate change and people are not recognizing it and to be very frank it is it is a time to abandon these destructive systems and to find sustainable ways to inhabit our planet for example deforestation leads to lower carbon absorption by forest while at the same time it adds a large amount of waste and uh, like burning fossil fuels will generate more carbon and all of this will lead to the changes in the climate of our planet and somewhat the same process is responsible for covid-19 the need for more natural resources has forced humans to encroach on various natural habitats one of the major concerns to flag is of course with governments they should commit only to fair and green bailouts they they should not save carbon intensive industries such as airlines oil gas you know coal and cement industries instead they should let the companies approach to bankruptcy and nationalize one or two of them to get them aligned with their national climate policies for example goldman sachs was back making record profits after it was given a 10 billion dollar bailout what the government should be doing is thinking about interest of public that it represents that it was elected for and not simply giving out money that benefits just only private businesses 
This is not about helping business make money. It's about giving them that cash flow to survive, but also helping them transform to be more functioning part of this society. We need to learn that government is not there just to do bailouts to fix the same system, but to really co-create to shape the kind of economy and society we want to live in. We know that's not a fossil fuel driven economy for sure. We know it's not a financialized one. We know that it's not an unequal one. But that's not going to happen on its own. It definitely needs to be embedded inside our policies. Government needs to put strong conditions into bailouts which should require investment, innovations, transformations of industry, but also society from a more broader perspective. Otherwise, we will not be able to achieve these these long term objectives that we have thought. If you look at the global GDPs, it has contracted 4.9 percent in 2020, which was far greater than 2008 global financial crisis. And I was reading through a research and it was found that every dollar invested to reduce air pollution returns up to $30 in benefits. Now think how economically viable it is for us to be more sustainable. It's, it's 30 times. Let's understand this pandemic also from this perspective. The cost of preventing the next pandemic is likely to be just 2% of the cost of COVID-19 spent we have made till date. So just by simply preventing deforestation and regulating the wildfire trade, the cost of preventing future zoonotic breaks like uh, COVID-19 would be as little as what? If I can correctly recall, it would be $22 billion a year, right? Now, this $22 billion, it may can sound a big number to all of us. But hear me out. It would still be just 2% of the economic and mortality cost of responding to COVID-19. And these numbers are growing every day. As per a prediction, the impact of coronavirus may can cross $20 trillion dollars. And we are speaking about just spending $22 billion a year to make ourselves safe and secure. We also need to understand, uh, you know, utilizing these natural resources are creating certain impacts in our environment. More than 100 billion tons of resources flow into economy each year. And with the majority eventually lost as either waste or emissions. And that cost us lasting damage to environment that leaves us vulnerable to the worst possible effect of the climate change. And now with demand for resources expected to double by 2050, our exposure to both environmental and economic challenges will continue to grow. Think about how serious this problem will eventually become. We really need a clear vision for an alternate future, a world in which we can breathe clean air. A world without the climate threats of droughts and floods. A world where resources are plentiful with enough for all of us to earn a good livelihood. Our vision for the future may look ambitious to a lot of people, but it is definitely possible. We all can contribute to build this so-called circular economy just by focusing on designing from waste and pollution. Uh, keeping products and materials in better use and regenerating natural systems so that we do not exhaust the resources of our planet. 
changing the way we make and use products can actually contribute to addressing around 45% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Now that is a critical contribution and it can really help us to mitigate this impending climate crisis. And with that, we'll be a stronger system and we can flatten or probably can even reverse some of these trends that is now threatening the existing of future generations. So just like we need new tests, treatments and vaccine for coronavirus, we need new tools for fighting climate change as well. Like zero carbon ways to produce electricity or making things or growing food or keeping our building cool or warm or just to move people and goods around the world. And like health advocates has said for years that a pandemic was virtually inevitable. The world did not do enough to prepare and now we are trying to make up for the lost time. This is a cautionary tale for climate change and it points us towards a better approach. If we start now, if we tap into the power of science and innovation and ensure that solutions work for the poorest, we can avoid making the same mistake with climate change. This is Abhila Shukla in a business of making people happy through sustainable mindset and technologies. I hope we will together succeed to fight against this biggest threat of mankind, that is this climate change.